0: What's up, Black Love fam and first-time fam? Welcome to another edition of Man to Man, a part of the Black Love Podcast Network. I'm David Wazicki, General Manager of Black Love. And today, we're going into an interesting part of wellness that maybe some of us don't always think about, and that's wellness in the workspace. And I think, especially for our audience, for me, I, I mean, I got a history Uh, of this that, that I can't wait to dig into with this gentleman. But let's intro this man and then let's get into it. This brother is a content creator who's based in creating support systems for black professionals. He was also part of the first ever LinkedIn Creator Accelerator program, and he's the creator and founder of Boss Locks Media. It's the one and only the Walter Gainer the second. Want to make sure I get that second in there. (laughs) What's up, Walter?
1: Hey, what's happening, man? Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show, by the way. I've been listening through and I almost want to assign this show as like homework for someone. I don't have anyone to assign it just yet, but I'm going to work on that because it's like it's important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely important. And I am always intrigued by the outcome of all of these conversations. I feel like we always think we're going to go one way and we end up going three different other ways. And I think by the end of it, we just end up expanding. And especially with you, I'm sure this will be no different because, again, we're going into wellness in the workspace, which I'm, again, excited to jump into along with some other things. But first, as always, would love to ask the question (laughs) for man to man to get you blue check certified. And it's the one question I give out to everybody to get the seal of approval. You ready? Ready. Let's do it. All right, Walt, what does masculinity mean to you?
1: You No, um, this question is so powerful and I just love all the answers you get on the show. Um, I was thinking about this because I was listening to my homework, but I, <laughs> I uh, was kind of brought back to my grandfather, who's always kind of instilled the importance of knowing the definition behind certain things. So like every time I come up with a word and I just hear a word come up all the time, i just like, hold on, let me go really look at a definition. Yeah, And you know we, we hear about masculinity all the time. It's like everyone has something to say about it and what it should. Look like when I was looking at the definition, it said, um, like characteristics and traits associated with a man. That associated with the man part really stood out to me because um everybody's different. Even when we talk about what a man is, like there's a lot of different traits associated with that. So it's kind of um kind of ridiculous, I feel like, to assume that there's this one way that it has to be, right? So for me though, um, I started thinking about something else my grandfather shared with me a long time ago. He always something from the bible and one thing in particular he said to me that stuck with me is um, this verse that basically goes um, a man who is slow to anger is better than a man who's mighty and powerful a man hmm. who conquers himself is greater than a man who conquers a city that's not a quote from for quote, so y'all could uh, <laughs> check me on that, but essentially that was the message, and that's always stood out to me, because I um, am very big in understanding myself, and when I think about just masculinity and conquering dominance is often associated with it, I just think about truly conquering myself and also understanding myself to the fullest length that can be, so that's kind of what comes up to me, to your masculinity.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. I believe that's a good segue into how you effectively got into the work that you've been doing in founding and creating Boss Locks Media, coming into yourself and being true to yourself, being true to oneself. I think your company is, especially for us and and the melanated community at large, I truly believe this is a beautiful representation because as you've seen, whether it's uh, children's books and shows in hair love, it's it's basically the ongoing dialogue that we all have. What we all love about ourselves is how dynamic, representative, important, powerful, and empowering our hair can be, and is for most of us, if not all of us, in in some way. And you know. Coming into this conversation, i I definitely, I, like I told you at the top of it, was intrigued because it's self-expression. And you know, a, as you mentioned, coming into the true self or one's true self, this is this is one of those things you get and you figure out pretty early growing up, right? I think as as early as we can remember, so the phrase goes, we always remember our hair and it's styling it, and how how we go out into the world before we step out that door. Um, so I'd love to get some insight in, you know, transitioning into adulthood, or maybe if you have any other anecdotes, like what was that experience that got you to this Boss Locks Media today?
1: Mm. I love the way you frame that too, because everything it's been a journey of like three different journeys all at mm. once, right? It's been me. Okay. As a podcaster, producer in this media world, it's me growing in my natural hair journey, then mm. also me growing as who I am, and truly understanding myself as well. And those three journeys have mm. kind of melded together into this thing that ended up becoming Boss Lock So, um, I guess to start, you no know, one thing when you're speaking kind of took me back to when I was younger. I went to a predominantly white school and everything, and which was. Fine to be honest, but um, there are certain moments where you know you feel different and you yeah. don't feel the same as others. And one is actually hair. And I remember this early memory in elementary school, where people were just doing something with their hairstyle that they could do with their hair. It was something, some type of dye, and everyone was just doing it real quick. And I was like, "Oh, let me!" And I was like, "That's not going to show up in my hair. I can't do that." And then another point in time when uh, I went to a school out in the mountains i like to do new things and follow curiosity wherever so i went to the school it was agricultural base we went hiking all this stuff it's actually pretty cool but it was also predominantly white and um i was the first black person that a lot of people had met and Stop. i just remember this one point where yeah yeah it was wild it was wild there's a whole probably a whole other episode just around. <laughs> yeah totally yeah, but there's this moment when, you know, comparing my hair to carpet, right? And it's like, oh, just like carpet. It's like, y'all and at that time I didn't have the confidence to really speak out for myself or advocate for myself. And eventually, um, later on in my life, or not that longer, but um in high school middle school actually, my friend's dad came home and just just kinda asked me one day, like, you wanna try locks? And I kinda of sat for a second and immediately said yes. You know, it's I've had a lot of people comment on different hairstyles I should try. People who have a right to comment and other people have no yeah. right at all. Right. And at that moment it was just like me being able to explore something unique with my hair. And so locks has been that for me ability to really explore myself a bit more and um see what I can be kind of naturally. So yeah, started my lock journey in 07, always got to a lot of praise, support, everyone's like admires us, all these good things. And then when it's time for me to graduate from school, college, the conversation started to change a bit. You know, mm-hmm. people went from like, oh, this is wonderful, keep them forever to, all right, you know, now it's time to enter the workforce, right. you're going to want to cut them. You know, you're starting to be a business major, CEO, all these things, want to be on Shark Tank, that's great, you could do it, but you're going to have to cut your locks. Mm. And I was like, I feel you. I understand because at that time and technically still to today, um, companies can discriminate, not hire a candidate just based on their hairstyle. So I understood the fear associated with it and yeah. um, the difficulty it could be. But I was like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I know I could be great. And my hair doesn't stop me from being great. I think at that point in time, I, um, I decided to kind of start this project because um, a lot of people were sharing that you, know, you can't do this, can't get a job with your natural hair. But I knew it could be possible. I just didn't know how. Mm-hmm. So I started to just ask the few people that I knew about how they went about it, how they were able to uh, get a job and keep it. You know, one was in banking and she... Covered her hair every single day. It didn't even go by her first name. Wow! Because she didn't want to avoid any potential discrimination. Sure. Another um, was an entrepreneur who worked for himself, and it was like, all right, you know, start your own business. No one can tell you what you what to do. I was like, cool, 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 but I'm not there yet. And then the last person I spoke to, she was a an employee. She would by her first name, hair ward out proudly publicly she was authentically herself hmm. she gave me this whole other advice on not um not scaling back to please other people and so that really just set me on a journey to just find bosses with locks, leaders with natural hair just to learn about their experiences in the workplace and um their journey their natural hair journey as well
0: awesome Awesome. And what um how long ago did you start Boss Locks Media?
1: So I started the project in twenty sixteen. Boss Locks Media didn't technically start till twenty eighteen. Okay. Because at that time it was honestly just a research project. I didn't really know what I was gonna do with it yet, but I just knew I needed to learn more. I started as a way for me to just grow confidently kind of killed that imposter syndrome within that was telling me like oh you might need a cut you're not good enough all these things <laughs> so it started with that and then it just led into me being like okay this got to be a podcast okay this has got to be a platform okay i gotta start supporting people in the workplace feeling discouraged about their career because that's who i was so um 2018 is when I fish was like all right let me really do something with this launch the show a few years later and then since then it's just Full force looking for different ways to support people, black people along their journey.
0: Dope. Firstly, I love the movement. I love what you're creating and doing with Boss Locks. It would have been dope during my time uh, to have that when I first entered the workforce. I I know for a fact, between myself and decent number of my friends, we had those same challenges. We had those same thoughts and doubts about how do we go into an interview even like before even getting the job to get the job and knowing that, you know, in my case, fine, my, my name passes, but I I had friends where the names, they had to be careful. Like you mentioned with one of the folks you, you spoke to, um, before starting your company, that was step one. And then another step was okay, how do I present myself with clothing? And then for sure, how do I present myself when it comes to my hair and my styling and how much of my blackness or how much of my, you know, being ethnic, you know, is is it too much? Is it, you know, or how much do I have to whitewash like for myself? So I have this whole hair journey. I kind of stopped it for a number of years now recently, but I had uh, effectively these different eras of my life where it was defined by my hair. And people sometimes couldn't recognize me because I went from one hair extreme to another. So I used to rock everything from, as as super producer Crystal noted, debarge hair. So I had that <laughs> at one point when I was in high school. I had the Corn Rose. I had the Baldy. At one point, I had the Erica Badu head wrap because I had so much hair. And I went to Maxwell's first three albums hair, which I will say is probably my greatest feat in terms of hair journey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you we know, explored it
0: all. You were like, hey, let me try that. Let me try that. I yeah, did okay. it all. Did it all. Now now I keep it keep it very minimalist. But... All that to say, when I was going into the workforce, and again, going into creative arenas, radio, TV, film production, all behind-the-scenes work, still had to keep a certain look. And once upon a time, I was at a popular hip-hop radio station in New York. So it was only two majors. I won't say which one, but I wanted a sales position. I was looking for something more. I was like, okay, I'm behind the scenes. I'm doing promotions, this, that, and a third. But I want to see a little more money. I want to try to grow. I want to see what this whole professional side looks like because salespeople were making money. And I was like, I want to make it too. I know this brand inside and out, like the back of my hand. But I had cornrows. And I remember one older black woman that was on the sales team. She was a senior Person there, he said, they are not going to interview you if you keep your hair like that. And I said, oh, but, but, you know, I wear the butt, I'll wear the button up, I'll have the tie, I'll have the slacks and the shoes, and that'll, you know, have me looking clean. I'll make sure I shave. They're not going to hire you if you have cornrows because they're going to think you came straight out of jail trying to get a job. And this is from an older black woman. So, I am gonna take heed. She, you know, as as someone call her an elder. So it's like, you know, let's let's understand what that is. But that was challenging for me because I'd run so long in a creative space where things were a little looser. You know, sometimes I had to check myself when I spoke to certain folk that wasn't melanated, Right. So there was the cornrow thing, and then I was trying to get another gig again, corporate. So now I'm like in this corporate phase of my career, and I had the. Maxwell Hair. And you know, and I'm I'm doing well in sales and I'm trying to get that next big like this national sales position and it's a challenge. It's like they're not going to take you seriously. And again, I get it. The beautiful thing was I get these insights, but on the flip side, it just made me be all the more self-aware and not so confident and double you know, just double checking how I act, how I talk, how I behave, how I model myself, how I navigate in the corporate world. And I know there's also those conversations that come up where you have a language that you speak when you're at work in the corporate world, and then you have the way you actually talk outside of it. And it's like, oh, I got to hold back these phrases. I got to hold back this. I can't do this. I can't do that. So it's, I mean, it is so interesting going through all of this, where again, you speak to the typical white colleague, that's not even a thought. It's oh come on, you you, you have to worry about what come on that uh ah, you're overthinking this. that ah, it's not that serious. Look, you're a great guy. they'll love you regardless. no, they won't. I've already been told that I've already had to cut my hair to get in here. I, I've been turned down for certain things because right away I see the I see the response from you know, Facial gestures, and I, I just know what's going to happen next, and I'm not going to get anywhere here, no matter how great I speak and how well I present myself. There's just something to that dynamic, and it's beautiful that we can fast forward years later, have folks like yourself, have movements and companies and books and and in entertainment just be able to push and get to a point where now we can start. Having, you know, these type of conversations, whether it be as men, whether it be as Black folk and and, in the workplace, it's beautiful that we have arrived at this point of dialogue, of action, and seeing it come to fruition. So if you are not fortunate enough to be at an all-Black company, a Black-owned company, uh melanated type of focused company because you know that that's where the you know everyone I, I even in my position as a gm when i interview folks that's what they all say it's like oh i i i just you know i want to be at black love because it's all about black love and i can be myself and i don't have to worry about being a certain way i don't have to worry about behaving the way i i do in my corporate job right now and all of that to say is it's amazing how you think something as simple air quotes <laughs> as hair means so much but in our culture in our identity in our day-to-day life it is a crucial aspect of who we are as people you know from that again i i think you're doing the good work the really good work and so where did I don't know which came first <laughs> between boss locks and this LinkedIn opportunity to be able to speak to, um, working while black, um, boss locks came first. Okay.
1: Um, and to be honest, if it didn't come first, I never even would have gone after the whole LinkedIn opportunity. So, and also something you mentioned, uh, just reminded me of an interview I did in 2020 with Gondo Cafele, who is a, uh, Locke specialist. He goes by the King of Locks, based in Mm. New York, but he doesn't even actually identify as like a hair care specialist. He really identifies as a self-esteem specialist. Wow. He always says when you talk about hair, you can't just talk about hair. You have to talk about the culture, the meaning, everything that ties to it. See, right hair. It's simple, but not simple at the same time. And it's so complex and something we, we disregard it all the times, but just how we view our own hair just it's a ripple effect or a domino effect in how we view about ourselves we express ourselves to how we feel about other people as well so it's this whole web of just understanding and perspective i was like to say you know hair is a almost like a gateway conversation to everything else so um yeah i love having these conversations and meeting other people with their own hair experience as well but linkedin so LinkedIn happened like recently, the program just finished Uh, back in August. They announced that they're going to do this whole creator accelerator program because they're looking to go from the, you know, stiff professional have to act accordingly (laughs) on LinkedIn perspective that they've had. Everything
0: we talked about. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All of that. And really looking to be a creator friendly platform and a place for economic impact. Both for yourself and others so they announced this program they would select 100 people based in the u.s to create content for 10 weeks all around a particular concept that was community focused and they wanted it to be something that could have an where you could help people make an economic impact basically um, help them make money growing their jobs entrepreneurship all the above so um yeah i applied something within me just said, do it. And I decided, you know, my focus is going to be not just on what I'm doing with boss locks, but very, very super focused on supporting people, uh, who are feeling discouraged in their careers. So black professionals Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily matter where you are in your journey, but that feeling of being discouraged is constant. And oftentimes it ties to identity. So, um, I was just taking what I currently did, which was all things black, the range of blackness, and just hyper focused on that section for 10 weeks, creating content with people solo that's all geared towards helping people just gain that confidence to kind of go after what they want.
0: Yeah. Have there been some common themes that are appearing over and over again as you have these conversations? I mean, you know, especially coming out of a pandemic, coming out of, these additional layers and challenges if you will to add to the you know dynamic of a, of a work workplace and already dealing with everything we've talked about so far but now you add this layer where things become virtual 100% or things become hybrid or we don't know yet so it's going to be virtual for a while and if it is virtual for a while you're maybe twice removed because you're virtual are there some common, common themes that keep popping up where everyone keeps expressing it's these things that are either stressing me out or just the big challenges or something, you know, we're all faced with, that that feel like we're all faced with? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's so many (laughs) things, actually. So many things. I feel like uh, the pandemic really exposed a lot and we all got to really see each other. And then just the way the Internet's going, we're all kind of speaking up a bit more. We hear people from all over the world. Right. Top three to come to mind. Wellness, microaggressions Hmm. and um, identity they all play a different part. So I guess microaggression just farther out than that, not just, not just hyper-focus in that way, but just discrimination, lack of access to growth in uh, your career, getting paid a higher wage, having people actually respect you. I mean, those three areas alone, you could just explore so many different nuances there. Sure. Yeah. But then also, I think um, oftentimes there's a lot of, I think, uncertainty, confidence, both with who we are, and also just with kind of advocating for yourself, kind of helping to put up those boundaries as well. Some things that really, honestly, apply to everyone, but there's a different type of nuance when it comes to Black professionals because um, the way, and I've seen it in workplaces, I the way yeah. other people can advocate for themselves. I'm like, yeah, I can't go as hard as you. I <laughs> you know, start getting those labels as an angry Black person, you know, or just difficult to work with. So there's just kind of little. Small ways you kind of have to do things and kind of wait to – just different ways you have to really explore what those boundaries are and how to place them so that you can still be yourself, work within your capacities, not get burnt out, and just keep working. So, yeah, Yeah. I think uh, those are kind of the main areas I've seen.
0: Hmm. You know, so like we said at the top – well, I said at the top uh, of this starting out, you know, the – workplace and tying that to wellness isn't, isn't top of mind. But I think recently, and this being one of your top three, recently because of this pandemic, because of this added layer and additional experiences that came with it, I believe now there's this rumbling of wellness in the workplace that is starting to brew. And even more so again, for us culturally i think there's that dynamic just like uh you alluded to already the black professional in this space with these things happening with these microaggressions with identity with how to navigate now being you know like i mentioned twice removed from the physical environment how do you navigate from a wellness perspective in the workplace I know you have your business, I know, you know, you're working with LinkedIn, so you're still working with, you know, other colleagues and other environments. And as you, you know, have ongoing dialogues and conversations and other activations um, that are offshoots, how are you approaching wellness now? How has that developed since you started uh, your company a few years ago, as well as, you know, where you are today with all of these conversations?
1: You know, another thing to throw in there as well is I also still work at a company as well. So there's a lot of different hmm. things that balance. And um, I, I think the main thing for me, one of uh, a theme, I guess I'll say, is capacity. that keeps coming up and just knowing my own capacity and not letting other people abuse it, even yeah. if it's unintentional. Um, you know, last year. I think last year was the last time I really was like, "Yeah, I could do it all, all times, at every day." You know, as Black people were, were taught in all these different ways to go above and beyond. We have to do it, and to an extent, that's true. You know, people they love celebrating the Black employee who goes above and beyond at all <laughs> times, but they don't actually, you know, accommodate that. They don't actually sure. reward it. They're just like, "Good job, you can keep working here." So, um. Last year, I think I've, I finally just burnt out for real just with everything I was doing. and It was uh, just crashing in life as well as just telling you to sit down. So I went through this probably like 10-month period of accepting that I was burnt out and really learning what it means to work not past capacity but within your capacity and still mm-hmm. leaving room for more. So that's stepping down from certain things, saying no and feeling confident about that decision, saying no, being okay with it and not sliding back, just actually taking time off work because a lot of companies, they kind of ridicule you you for just even asking to take a little bit of PTO here and there. Right. But just um, staying firm and rounded to that. And then also exploring what it is to take all these different creative projects even further, which you're already doing, but still, Within capacity as well, because it's easy. It's so easy to slip out of what you physically, mentally can handle into this ambitious mode where I can do all things because I'm amazing, the best I could ever
0: do it. Right. Right. (laughs) So
1: still keeping that ambitious mindset, but then also just allowing yourself time to just be, time to do nothing. So that's where I'm at now. That's that's been my growth period for this past year. Just being comfortable with not going to the moon, just mm. stopping yeah. at the atmosphere, just chilling there, then coming back down to rest.
0: I like that metaphor. Uh, so since we're on your wellness journey, what are you doing on a daily basis? Are there things you're doing on a daily basis that you're consciously aware of that would take us to a typical day of wellness of of Walt? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: um I, I really, and it is something that, you know, I, I like how you say, you know, daily because it's a daily practice for real, is stopping at five, like all things stop at mm-hmm. work at five. And if I do need to do more, then just making sure i kind of like allocate that right so let's say let's say let's just say 40 hours is the amount you work and you only let yourself work that 40 hours nothing more than that if on tuesdays you know i go live on linkedin that's and i do that in the evening time that's more hours mm-hmm. dedicated to that it's an hour live but then there's like that prep time before yep. or the come down time afterwards so yep. I really have to be okay so where can I take away from that in other parts of my life right so like maybe on Friday I kind of allocate those hours change it up a bit to uh accommodate everything I have to do on that Tuesday so really 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 being very intentional about my schedule and also making sure I'm taking breaks as well I think fortunately with me everything I'm doing allows me flexibility so I can kind of make those changes because I still get things done. But, um, that's kind of the main thing I do each day is just paying very close attention to when I'm working and when it's time for me to completely unplug, spend time with my family and just, just be, be present, not out chasing ambitious goals. It's really easy to do, but just, just that simple practice has honestly, um, changed a lot for me as when I realized our work is still getting done. Mm-hmm. I still appreciate me at work. It's not like I'm getting in trouble <laughs> right. for not working till 10 p.m. every day. Right. Um, everyone's heard and maybe there's a few more things to work on that hasn't been completed just yet, but that's just a signal to other people in your work environment that hey, this amount of work, these projects, it takes more time to get these done than maybe originally anticipated. So it also kind of signals to other people so that they can have a more realistic Perspective on um, what it takes to get something done, or maybe additional training as well. So, really, I think just being really clear, intentional, uh, intentional, and confident about that schedule it that that's like I think level one foundation. You get that down, and then you can start to add in other things to continue practicing self care and taking care of yourself.
0: No, I love that. I think for. Whether you're the working professional or just in life working, if if it's not a formal nine to five, I think these are wise words and and notions that you can take heed. I mean, I know for myself, capacity planning is an ongoing challenge. And I think everything Mm -hmm. you spoke to right now is just that it all leads to capacity planning of self and how much can you give of yourself while maintain, maintaining two words that we said offline peace and alignment which right. i think you know are beautiful and like i told you those are goals <laughs> those are those are <laughs> ongoing ongoing goals for self you know being able to reach and feel like you have alignment because you are able to capacity plan. Because you are able to capacity plan, you can have some peace. You can, you can right. feel relaxed about relaxing and doing nothing. And, and in that nothingness, allow yourself to be. Like At the end of the day, I believe we all need to be at some point. We need to be off the screen. Any pick a screen, we need to be off of them <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of the time. Get outside, reconnect, realign, and just come to that peace. I mean, that as you know, human beings, like in the simplest form, that is what it is. It's aligning, and you know, I whether it's you know, wh- whichever direction you want to go, religious, spiritual, or otherwise, it's just that peace is that. Greater connection, right? So whether it is you you know you pray or you meditate or you speak affirmations or you you just have certain ways or, or you you know uh, read the Quran or whatever it may be, they're just those are all moments of peace. Those are all connecting to something bigger. Those are all ways of connecting to self, connecting to something bigger. So I think whenever you can get to that. And that's why I love those words: peace and alignment. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Those are two things we should strive for on a daily basis. I mean, if if we if we can if we can almost write that, I, I, maybe I'll start writing this on my bathroom mirror in the mornings. But I think if we can, or post it, I, I think if we can have those words, those could be the things that bring us there that remind us to take a second, take a look at what we're taking on over the course of the day and say, hmm, wait a minute. Do I have enough time for myself? Am I going to be able to breathe? Am I going to be able to still handle all the things? Am I still going to be appreciated at at work? Like you mentioned, like I don't have to necessarily put in 12, 14-hour days daily to one, get the things done, but two, not stress myself and overstress myself. And again, back to something you said earlier, these past few years have been a checkpoint for a lot of us. You're either going to dig yourself further into it, which I hope anyone listening to this podcast doesn't do, especially after this conversation, or we take the higher road and the higher ground and get ourselves to these, um, Powerful words, uh, peace and alignment, which again I am all about. And um, looking at your T-shirt, uh, <laughs> where, where where it says "I heart new growth," I think you oh, yeah. are down that path can... too. Yeah, <laughs> 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 little flex.
1: Yeah, you know, um, it, there's actually three things. Actually, you just mentioned that I feel is important to bring up. Um, Please, especially around capacity, peace and alignment. One. Just thinking about the workplace, when you work past the allotted hours, do all the things that you're doing, it's very likely that you're not being a- compensated for it. Mm. So you're working those additional hours without getting paid, and they're probably not going to pay you either, to be real. Right. So you're burning yourself out on your own time, and nothing's necessarily going to change with your uh, career. Like, there's other ways to go above and beyond still working within capacity so i want to point that out and then two oftentimes the role you're in is a replaceable role you know you may have been hired into something someone else was once in that position Mm. and if you left they would just have someone else in that position as well so that's why it's so important to take care of yourself first because if you're not doing it who else is going to do it you know you really oftentimes like teach people how to treat you And sometimes your own actions to do that. That's something I'm learning now as well. Hmm. And then the last thing is just, um, you know, this year was the first time I've actually admitted to myself that I've experienced anxiety in Hmm. different ways. I think I started to realize that last year. And oftentimes I blamed it on other things like imposter syndrome, maybe being shy or all these different things. But really, it was just anxiety (laughs) at as far as basic as that Yeah. ever since really just focusing bit more on capacity on peace on alignment and being okay with setting those boundaries both for myself and to other people i'm started to experience it a little bit less and so that's telling me okay i'm on the right journey and just need to continue doing that because anxiety that's something that a lot of everyone faces Yeah, I think a lot of black people face for reasons specific to just the black experience but we don't either know it's anxiety or will not admit to ourselves or others that it is anxiety. So those three things I think are very important to keep in mind when thinking about uh, wellness at work and entrepreneurship and in your personal life.
0: Hmm. I love that. I think that is probably the perfect (laughs) way to cap off this great conversation. There's definitely a lot more. I, again, am intrigued by this. I think I mean, this, this is our livelihood we're talking about, right? So we need to practice wellness within this space of what we do as a living, right? And I, I think especially as what you just mentioned with anxiety and anxiety in the workplace, and I don't think you'll be the last person to mention this. I truly believe these past few years have brought a lot of this on further, And amplified it and brought it in such a way where people in hearing conversations like this or in having the self-acknowledgement to say, hmm, maybe this is an anxious thing. Maybe this is anxiety. Maybe this is stress. Maybe this is an identity issue. Maybe this is a et cetera and now i'm actually going to look into it and now i'm actually going to take the steps and i think we are at a place now as a people where i've said in previous podcasts we're at a point where we'll go to therapy and go to church on sunday well <laughs> you know you you, you right. can do both <laughs> if you're in that dynamic you are allowed and more than able to be able to do both without you know something coming down and falling on your head and (laughs) and punishing you (laughs) for going to see a therapist. So it's a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful conversation, again, that I I would love to continue, especially as it relates to the workplace. So Walt, I thank you for coming on. I thank you for sharing these great insights and your journey, uh, which will definitely speak to more. As I always say, thank you for going man to man with me today. Is there anything you want to promote or bring up uh, as we bring this beautiful conversation to a close?
1: I'll say um, if you're listening right now, just keep keep on listening to this show and share it because this is important for uh, a lot of people to hear. And I, I really, really appreciate that this exists. because We need more of it. I'm starting to see more of us really kind of holding each other accountable hmm. and it's just like we got to double down on this so i love that this exists it's also my, my goal right now is creating support systems so not necessarily hmm. anything to promote but if you want to come on this journey yeah you'll, um you know, catch me up on linkedin that's the main place to come on to gain the second and uh don't don't be afraid to hit me up so send a message say hey i heard you want man to man
0: well i appreciate the shout out and yeah uh, on top of linkedin let's also follow walt on ig and twitter i believe it's at it's the great walt and i can vouch for that he is great and <laughs> and in the meat, in the meantime black love fam please make sure to tell another brother king or queen about man to man like walt said so we can keep these combos going and keep building each other up and if there's someone you want to hear like my man walt on man to man connect with me on instagram at waziki w-a-s-i-c-k-i until next week fam peace love and peace and alignment.